0: Hey, cool kids, welcome to the next episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So today, I'm gonna be a little different. I've got a guest here, and we're sitting in my car. We're using the Mustang as a recording studio. We just had had lunch, my friend Greg Barth had been on the show before and he was a great episode in fact it's one of the episodes I heard the most back from listeners so go back and search for Greg Barth he's my friend if you remember the picture who uh, is the fitness expert and he's got an entire company where he's training people to live their lives not just more fit physically but to actually use that as a platform and grow from that and be more as a person and so he was in town for sort of a meetup with some of the coaches for his fitness program and he called me and said, hey, I'm in Austin. And I said, let's go and have lunch. And because he's so healthy, I took him to Casa de Luz, which if you're from Austin, which I know a lot of my listeners are, that is the greatest quirky vegan restaurant on the planet. And it's here in Austin. And he had to take an Uber to get there. And it's behind a preschool. And he must have thought I was crazy. But we ate good vegan food. And then we had just this really interesting conversation about life and about business and about relationships. And he doesn't have to go to the airport for a while. I said, let's go out to the car and let's record an episode for cool things. Because I think
1: Greg Barth is doing really cool things. So Greg... Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Tom. I'm here in Austin, and I have a full stomach of vegan food. And I love it because it's way better than the donuts that I had earlier, like I mentioned. Nice. So here you have a guy who's extremely fit. Like if you look at him, he looks like he stepped
0: off of a calendar and he had donuts for breakfast this morning. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm looking at myself, I'm a little doughy and I ate like really healthy breakfast and then had this vegan lunch and, and all that. So Greg, you've done a lot of things since you've been on the show. I think it was like six months ago. You have done a lot of things with your business and you're really working to sort of move not just your business, but really
1: your whole life forward. What are some of the things new you've been doing? Well, the biggest thing that I've been doing is a focus on my brand and just trying to connect with people. I'll use the example of yesterday because we're here in town for this leadership conference or our leadership retreat, as we'll call it. And there's 10 of us, women and one guy. So I have a real problem. <laughs> Four sisters, two daughters. That's all I'm surrounded by is women. So I really have, can I say it? Patience? Yeah, I have. Oh, and we have some uh, people outside the it's car like here. So, by the car. but um, so I'm a little distracted. But what we're doing, or what we did yesterday, is a scavenger hunt. And the lessons that you learn when you go out in the community and just do something that's not terribly normal with what's standard and what the social norm is, we just inter- introduced ourselves to people and we asked them questions and we went around to the different landmarks. And there was team building exercises, assignment of roles in a team. All these little things just started, all these lessons are like popping all over the place. And I just figured, you know, just the basic human concept of connecting with people is what it's all about, and that's what I've been trying to do.
0: So let's talk a little bit about this retreat that you came to Austin for. So you're a beach body coach, yes. and you came with nine other, 10 other beach body coaches to really talk about your businesses. Let's talk a little bit about that part of your business.
1: Well, I started back in 2009 with P90X, something you might have seen before. I was really soft and lethargic, and I lost, and I was a little doughy. I lost 25 pounds, but that really, I always call it, it sounds like it's overdramatic, but it was a really life changer for me. Greg version one went away, and version two came on. So I started doing that, and I continued to do that, and I started building this business. And what I do with the business is I help other people do the same thing. That's a general high-level concept but i always say people know how to do a push-up but they don't know how to take it to another level and we talked about this at at, that lunch today is that you can start or you people don't really they can't start with level three they have to start small is they want to lose 10 pounds but i know like 10 steps ahead of what it takes to get to that point of being consistent and keeping that weight off you can change your diet your nutrition and your exercise and diet nutrition are the same thing really but Just trying to fill you in there, (laughs) (laughs) but it (laughs) it
0: makes it sound like so much more when you say change your diet and your nutrition. There just sounds like so many more steps. It makes you seem like a more complicated guy, Greg.
1: Yeah, it's three steps: diet, nutrition, and exercise. Not just two. (laughs) Well, it's actually four because it's your diet, nutrition, eating. And exercise. Exercise and fitness. Fine. Okay. Now we covered all that. But the big thing is, to be all serious, is I'm really, I'll call, I kind of call myself a mindset guy now because I'm so deep into reading and learning. I'm always, how can I attack this adversity? How can I learn from myself or about myself more? How can I become better? And I was never like that when I first started all this. But the more that I engage in learning and embracing change and all that kind of stuff, the more that I've been able to improve my own life. And I want to give that to other people.
0: How long ago was it that you started the P90X? When did you first say, looking in the mirror, wow, look at this gut, and then decide, you know, hey, I want to be,
1: you know, Greg 2.0. How long ago did you start? Oh, it was something like October 5th, uh, 2009, something like that. So it was six years just uh, like last month so what's the biggest change because i know you look at fitness as sort of the foundation to
0: all the changes that have gone on in your life but what's the biggest like thing that that came besides the physical fitness what's the other change i mean you said you've gotten all mindset you know focus but let's go a little deeper what are those changes that followed after you got kind of buff
1: uh the biggest change was really the belief in myself that i can do anything is that is that deep enough um it's, I have to think about this and process it because I didn't really believe in myself truly before that. And that's why I was average and soft and I was allowing that to be okay. But now I'm not okay with just being average. Is everything I do is I want to be better? at I want to at least force myself to how can I be better than I was and how can I push it? Is that how, that's how you get to a more of an elite status of fitness or with anything is you have to push through that, the junk, the hard stuff. Wow, you hit
0: on a really interesting point that I bet is true for a lot of my listeners, and that is I, it's okay to be mediocre. I think somewhere in our society, somebody said it's okay to be mediocre. We're going to give you a trophy for participation, and it's okay. So now that you've gotten out of that, what do you tell other people about getting past
1: that being okay with mediocre? That's the biggest challenge, because everyone is okay with that. I just saw a, a video in that recently about It was by Bo Eason, one of the guys I follow, and he had had a video about everything that we do is about mediocrity, and it's okay, and and that's exactly how I was living my life, pre-2009. But post-2009 version 2 is, how can I be the best, and how can we be better? And that's the whole motto is, how do I get other people to believe that for themselves? That's the trick, and the only way to do that is to start with fitness. In my, this is my foundation: is you start with fitness, you gain confidence, you gain clarity, and you move from there. But you can't do it overnight. It's not a um, well. Maybe I have a new program. Actually, I have a new program coming out. It's two minutes long, and everything, all the world's problems are solved. But that's not how it works. Is it's longevity and a little bit every day, and people don't want that. Well, and that's actually. What
0: I think is happening out there with a lot of these gurus and a lot of these people who are teaching something. I mean, we talked about this at lunch, that there are people who are teaching people how to get physically fit. And they've got some great program that for nine ninety five 95 a month, we're going to teach you to do this, 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 and this. And essentially, the only person winning is the guru who's charging the money. The actual people aren't getting fit. And we see this true with business. And I see it in the world of speaking, right? There's a lot of people out there who want to teach people how to make millions of dollars as a professional speaker. Well, Almost nobody makes millions of dollars as a professional speaker. And so when people start thinking that's the norm, what happens is they set themselves up for failure. We see it in the podcast world. There's a lot of outliers who are teaching people, oh, make your podcast your business. And while they have successfully found ways to do that, not everybody's podcast is going to do that. So then they think, well, my podcast isn't making me $100,000 a month, so my podcast is a failure. Well, cool things entrepreneurs do doesn't make me that kind of money. But you know what? Guess what? I made money from the show because people who listen have referred me to be the speaker or the master of ceremonies at their event. People have called me and hired me to be a coach. So the whole purpose of the show isn't to separate people from their money, but by trying to offer a good product and doing good work and then being consistent over the long haul. I've made money off the show and yet nobody's gonna buy a course that says you know do a show with hundreds of episodes and you'll make tens of thousands of dollars they want to do like two episodes and make a million make a million dollars so So you bring up Bo Eason so Bo is really fascinating to watch so Bo is would you call him high energy he's definitely high energy so I don't know if everybody know who, who Bo Eason is but he's a former professional NFL player After he left the NFL, he said, you know, reaching the heights of playing in the NFL, I mean, that's not really enough. I want to write and star in a Broadway play that's going to be critically acclaimed as one of the best plays of that decade. And lo and behold, he went and did that. And now Bo is a high paid speaker and executive coach doing really amazing things. And Bo looks at the world differently. Now, you don't know this. You bring up Bo just kind of randomly as, oh, this guy who I kind of follow, Bo Eason. I got to spend the weekend with Bo a month ago as I was the master of ceremonies at an event where Bo was one of the keynote speakers. And his wife came with him and we hung out at the party the night before. And then I got to see him speak and he is high energy. I mean, I was blown away by Bo and his style on the stage. And then I we ended up at the airport together, he and his wife and I and one of the people from the conference and we hung out for about another hour and he's actually going to be a guest on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do in a couple of weeks. It's, you can't just call up Bo Eason and say, let's jump in the car and record the next episode. You actually have to schedule it with his scheduler about six weeks in advance. But Bo, you, you know, all the listeners, stay tuned because you're going to hear a lot about mindset and about changing the way and about the way you achieve this idea of being the best. When we talk to Bo, because one of the things is, is I think this is where you and I were going in this conversation. You don't want to just focus and say, I want to be a mediocre podcast. I want to be a mediocre fitness trainer. I want to be a mediocre speaker. You have to focus on how do I, how do I get to be the best? And then you achieve it. And we were talking at lunch, you know, my daughter wants to be the, the CEO of a Fortune 100 company, and she's taking the steps in her education to get to that level. And if she, quote unquote, fails her way into a Fortune 1000 company, she's going to have a kick ass job, right? She's going to be leading some really interesting business. So you've got to strive to be the best if you want to end up in, the, in that top, top area. So your business is growing and you still have a full-time job, but you're getting closer to to this being your thing. What are the biggest changes that you've seen the last few months with sort of the whole package of what is the brand of Greg
1: and the business as it leads you closer to that next level? Well, you've touched on so many things there. The biggest pieces is I hear authenticity. I hear Bo Eason with storytelling because he's huge. That's his main thing is storytelling because I had a chance to listen to him in Dallas. And he's sweating when he comes off the stage, sweating like we are right now in the car. (laughs) So we're going to take a little pause while I turn on the
0: air conditioner in the car, because even though it's cold in Austin, Texas, you put two people in the car talking as much as we're talking and it's going to get a little loud. This is going to be instantaneous because the way my editor is going to make it sound. You might hear the hum of my Mustang engine a little bit with the air conditioner on, but uh, I didn't want to kill him before he goes back home to Minnesota. So as you were saying about mindset
1: and storytelling and growth, tell us more about what you're doing. Well, and the biggest thing is how do you set yourself to be unique? That's the biggest thing I've been focusing on. And I I, I had some conversation with myself and some other people that I'm working with, and I, I pretty much have pulled things back and regrouped a little bit over the last few months and i actually hired a branding person because there are so many like you said there's so many people out there doing the same thing and everyone's telling all these stories and promises and i'm i'm sick of it and i know everyone else is so all i want to do is i want to stick out in an authentic way and i want people to connect with me and go holy blankety blank this guy's for real he's a real guy and his site looks awesome it's just like i I get this feeling that I can do more by watching what he's doing. And that's the whole, that's everything I'm focusing on is all about the brand, my message and how I can do it in the real non-boring, all that, all those little cliches and just remove all those barriers and just be me and connect with people on that level. I think that's what people are looking for. So there's a lot of noise out there with gurus
0: and everybody else who are trying to tell you how to do it fast. And one of the things I really like about you is you're really authentic. So when I interviewed you on the show before, I picked a before and after picture of you from what you looked like before 2009 and what you look like today. And I got a ton of emails of people going, wow, you know, is that guy for real because of the transformation that you went through? But one of the things I've gotten to know about Greg over time is that you're just authentic. You're just a guy who wants to help people. You want to be a good dad to your two kids and you want to make an impact on the people who are around you. So, you know, as you're raising your kids and trying to live this life by example, what's the biggest message you hope they get watching Greg grow a business and, and grow a brand?
1: Well, you nailed it right on. My da- I have two daughters. They're 14 and almost 11. Her birthday is in November here. So everything of my focus, I always think about them and how I can be a great dad because I think it's pretty common to be involved in your kids lives and to hopefully you know help mold them into a great direction. But maybe that's not always the case is what I hear, but I want them to grow up with strong leadership skills. But the number one thing that I really want to focus on by leading by example is show them that if I think I can do anything and that there's no limit or boundary for me and for us, they will think the same thing. But if I'm questioning myself and doubting myself, and just putting all these excuses into my life and I'm not accomplishing great things, what do you think that's going to tell them? So Greg, I got some more questions for you. But first, I got to thank our sponsor.
0: So today's episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the headache out of creating your own podcast. I know a lot of people who listen to this show want to start a podcast, but they think, how am I going to be able to handle the technology? Just doing the recordings and interviewing cool people like Greg, that's hard enough. But then how do I edit it? How do I take out those little stumbles? Or when you know you start the car and for, for the radio is going to come on, how do I make sure that that's set up? Well, you work with professionals and you work with professionals like Podfly Productions because they do the work for me on this show to make sure that I Sound great. All I have to do is worry about finding the great guests and asking them the questions. So if you want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net/slash cool things and see the offer that they have for the listeners to this show. So, Greg, I think one of the most important things for any solopreneur, I think it gets extremely lonely if you are the business, you are the brand, and you're just working from Starbucks every day or working from your basement. So, how important do you think it is to surround yourself? with great people who are doing interesting things, whether that's attending conferences or or doing a mastermind group meetup or just having a really good network, just being connected to people. What do you think about networking for the entrepreneur and the solopreneur?
1: You really know my mind here. You you know exactly what's in my head at all times. We covered this at lunch as as well a little bit, but being around the same type of people is so huge. And even this weekend, there was the 10 women and the guy, myself, all in one house, same mindset, same business, frame of mind, and we all have the same goals. And I start to feel like that's pretty normal. And I guess I don't necessarily want to be normal in quotes, but I like to be weird. I like to be pushing the envelope of what I can do because... Like we said, medi- mediocrity is kind of the standard. And if I want to be doing more in the world, I have to stick myself out. And how can I be unique? And I have to surround myself with those people. And I feel isolated all the time. Because when I'm not around other people with the same mindset, you start to kind of question yourself. And I don't want to be in that environment where I'm questioning myself. I want to be really confident in what I'm doing. And that really requires the same types of people. So how do you go about finding these
0: types of people? Because one of the things I've found is you're right. When you're really ambitious and you're trying to grow something and, and you're doing it solo, you're doing it your own path, sort of a machete in your hand going through you know, going through the jungle, I have found that it can be very, very lonely. And I find it's harder to make friends. It's harder to get around those people who have that ambitious mindset. So what do you do to ensure that,
1: that you're not out there alone? The key is not to overthink it and just jump in and start rolling. But, you know, that's kind of highly generic as well. So what I did is I I created my own podcast. was one of the things that I wanted to do. I didn't really know how to do it or anything. But I joined a mastermind group that we were in together. And we formed a lot of relationships with people with common interest. And then from there, we had a lot of different people that kind of even had a smaller group of people that connected and that I still work with and connect with people like yourself and other people that have other podcasts and we all share ideas and if it wasn't for that that one group that I started I would still be searching on and there none of them live close to me because I'm in Minneapolis and everyone else is all over the country and all over the world really if I didn't have that same common bond I would feel really lost isolated questioning like I said uh, am I doing the right thing and that certainly doesn't help growth.
0: Well, and it's interesting that you bring that up because one of the things I've found is when I look at my group of friends, like five or six of the closest friends I've ever had in my life, like really, really great relationships. And I've been fortunate. I was in a fraternity in college. I had a lot good social life in high school. Uh, my wife and I had a lot of friends when we first got married and we moved to Texas. We made a whole new friend group. I've always been surrounded by great people, but I have five or six people right now in my life who are the best people I pretty much have ever known as far as like this tight level of friends and they're people who I've met through my involvement with the National Speakers Association and like you said they have similar type business they have similar type of interest they're ambitious they're there to sort of be the the support behind me so I don't feel so alone but none of them live here in my town and so it's so weird that in this day and age with technology you can have the best friends you've ever had in your life and maybe you see them once or twice a year so that's that's fascinating So, Greg, I have a part of the show that I've added recently called Pearls of Wisdom, and I'm going to ask you three really quick questions, and I want
1: you to answer them just with whatever comes to your mind. So, Greg Barth, where do you find inspiration? Inspiration, that is a good one. The biggest piece that I find is books. I follow a lot of podcasts, and I've cut them down to a smaller amount, but books, listening to—I'm fueling my mind at all times, and that's how I get inspired, but it's not just that. I need human connection as well, so I find people— that I connect with that are very similar to me that can push me and I learn from them and I think it's not just me always learning from someone else it's this back and forth that I I help teach them something and then we kind of complement each other and that's fully inspirational for me
0: So what is the best book you've ever read that really changed
1: your outlook on business? Boom, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. How about that for quick? Rich Dad, Poor Dad was my first book. It got me into real estate. And then from there, I kicked off into fitness and everything else just completely fell into place from there. And Greg, how do you celebrate your victories? I celebrate with a workout. How strange is that? Strange. It's very strange, but I celebrate by fueling myself with my my nutrition, workouts, and then surrounding myself with some of the great friends that I have and just sharing ideas and laughing and and just sharing stories. That's what really fuels me. So I call the show
0: Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So what is the coolest thing that you
1: think exists right now in your business? Traveling. Doing things like this because I get to travel a lot, a lot more than I ever did before. But I get to travel with people that I like to spend time with. How many people that are listening to this, even today, is there may be in a job they may not love so much, but they have to go to a conference that, to, with a topic they may not be that fueled by, traveling with people that you may not really like to travel with, that you don't really find a lot in common with, and that's probably common to do. But I get to travel with fun people that I have a lot in common with, and I get to meet people in these different places i travel to as well and that's what it makes it all about and because i could travel to i could see a landmark the landmark is nothing but physical whatever you know postcard but if i talk to someone that can tell me the story behind that and they're human that's what i connect with so, and that's so interesting because when you talked about seeing a landmark by yourself is one thing, but, but
0: sharing a story with somebody else is different. I had an experience last summer where I was with my mastermind group and we were all at a conference and we decided one night it was dinner on your own. We, we would spin off just the four of us and go out to dinner. And one of the people in the group, and she's been on the show, her name is Jessica Pettit. She is an expert on things like diversity and inclusion and just the struggles that people face in this world. And one of her idols, one of the people she's always just admired so much for who he was and what he did is Martin Luther King. And so we were in Washington, D.C. at this conference, and she had never seen the Martin Luther King memorial. So we hopped in an Uber and the four of us took her over there. And it was so interesting because we were just talking business and doing what we were doing, and she was telling us some of the history behind the different quotes, because she is an expert on a lot of things about Martin Luther King. And then we stood in front of the statue, and he is coming out of the rock. And she stepped forward from us and just stared at this man, at this statue of this man, who was somebody she admired so deeply, and we knew she admired so deeply in her heart. And we were standing behind her for five minutes watching her have this experience. And for me, it meant so much to be there, but what she shared with me recently was, had she gone by herself, it would have been moving. But knowing that three of the people who she's closest to in the world, you know, this mastermind group, these business friends that, you know, we've transcended just being buddies, we're, it's like we're siblings. But having these three friends with her while she was doing it meant something to her. I knew it meant something to me to be there with her. But six months later, she said that meant something to her to have the three of us there with her. That was absolutely, it was absolutely phenomenal and amazing and really reminds me of what you just said that, you know, To go see something is one thing. To share an experience with another human who you give a darn about is something entirely different. So as you travel around and you meet people, and we talked earlier about how some people are just happy being stuck in mediocre. You've been there. I've been
1: there. Do you think anybody can get themselves out of that rut? I do. But the first step is they have to want it and then they have to start to believe that it can happen. So they need to find someone or something that can help take help them take that first step but if they don't necessarily want it or believe it in any way they won't change it because the difficulty and with the path that they see ahead seems way too difficult too challenging is how can i see this i see this mountain and i'm okay with what's going on right now things are kind of easy i don't know if i want to do all that work so someone to be able to help paint that picture for them of let's just go on this journey together because i'm already over here on this journey towards the top of the mountain in all this utopia quote that it's and it's not it's not to be the top of the mountain and then just look down like i've accomplished this it's the true the quote of it's the journey is we need to celebrate every day and enjoy what we're doing that's why it's so important to to love what you're doing and have passion for it if you want more you certainly can do more but you need some people around you to help you do that as well. Comes back to the old Jim Rohn quote. You are the sum of the five
0: people you spend the most time with. If you feel that you're stuck in mediocrity, get around some people who are beyond it. And and by just osmosis, they're going to help bring you along. So what advice do you have then for somebody who's listening to this and they're saying, you know, they just ate a big vegan lunch and they're sitting in Tom's Mustang and they're just having a chat about, you know, life and how to have a better life. If someone's listening going, hey, wait a minute, guys, I want a better life.
1: What advice do you have for them? What should they do right now? The first thing is, is just to, to find some quiet time to themselves, five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Get away from all the hustle and bustle and all the internet alerts and on your phone and just sit somewhere, go to a park. You know, some of the old school things that you might have done when you were younger is unplug and figure out, like, is there, do you want more out of your life? And do kind of an inventory of where are you at? Is this where you want to be? Is this what you've always envisioned for yourself? And maybe you don't even think about that because maybe just sitting down and thinking about it for a few minutes is more than what most people do is create this idea in your head is, do you want more? And if you do, I mean, if you you may not even ask that question to yourself, but if you do want more, then it's time to start taking some action. Like today, don't, don't wait a week and connect with one person, pick one person and keep compounding that because it, I think, like I said already, is if you try to do way too many things, what people will start to do, you won't do anything. So back in October of 2009, where you
0: decided you were going to change your fitness, I mean, you knew that you knew the date right away. When I asked you, when was this? I thought you were going to say, I don't know, like seven years ago, six and a half years ago. I mean, you knew the
1: exact date. But what was the first thing you did? The first thing is I decided because I didn't really know at first if this is what I wanted to do. I decided I wanted to change. I I was unhappy with being average anymore. When I look back at it, it's pretty clear to me now. The second thing was is I asked other people that did p the program, what they thought about it. I asked about three people, and the ones that actually did it had success rather than just leave it on the shelf. For some reason, that doesn't work. And then, then after I decided and I asked a few questions, I just went all in. And that was way different than what I would normally do. But I was, the, the power of decision is really huge. I wanted more, so I was ready to do more and take those steps. So now I'm going to, a couple more questions, and I'm not going to let you off easy here. So as you've changed
0: your life, you, you lost 25 pounds, you got really fit, you've changed your mindset about business and about relationships and everything else. Did you find that it was hard because some of your friends weren't ready to come along
1: on this journey? That's the real challenge because not everyone wants that. And not everyone's at the same point of their life that you are. So you can't force it upon anyone, which is really difficult because a lot of times you you, you see people and you become really clear. I feel like I'm really clear in my mind that I can see, I can see people that want more, but they may not even realize it for themselves. So trying to show them that and present that to them in different ways so that they can see what's possible and they can see, I'm a big vision guy, if they can see it, that they'll be able to take the first steps, but if they can't see that, I can't. I can't get lost in that, and I can't force people to, to want change. So, did you find that you kind of lost some friends along the way? Yes, not tons, but like I said, I think it's more of an isolation because I've. I've in order to become great, you have to you let, let go of the good or let go of the good, if I can spit that out. Is if you want to become really, really excellent at something, you cannot have all these other good parts they have to drop some and some of those are friends and it's not very easy because you'll you'll find more haters and anytime you're trying to change something you're ruffling up the the nest and people don't like that they don't like their world being shook
0: yeah and i found that and in talking with other entrepreneurs what i've found is is that some people Some people don't know what to do with you when you start changing. They're very comfortable with you being in a box and you're this big and you're blue. You know, you're their doughy friend. You're the, you know, this guy. And when you start changing, you know, I found when I transformed my business and became a solopreneur and started growing this thing, there were a lot of people who behind my back, well, some of them even to my face, were saying, well, he's never gonna make it as a professional speaker. He's not famous, You know, maybe he's not that good, he's not gonna do it. I ran into somebody recently who I used to be, it wasn't like we were best friends, but I knew them business-wise and socially, and they said, wow, I am so surprised that you've been able to make this business work. And I swear to you, Greg, they meant it as a compliment, but I also knew that back when I started this business and went off on my own, They had told other friends, he's never going to make it. It's not going to work. So when they were like, oh, I'm so surprised. I want to say, yeah, you are because you were kind of cheering against me. So I have found that sometimes anytime you want to climb out of that box, there's people who want to knock you down. It's the old saying about storing lobsters in a box with no roof with a box with no top that when one lobster tries to crawl out of the box, others will grab it with its claws and pull it back in. And I found that sometimes you just have to let those lobsters go springboard yourself out of the box and, and, and don't worry about it. So my final question
1: for you is, where do you see Greg Barth five years from now? This is easy because I'm a vision guy, is I talk about this all the time, and I'm surrounded by people that we all talk about vision. And that goes back to the surround yourself with those people. And in five years is I will, I'm thinking big. I mean, I am have my own TV show, or I'll have my own b- book by then is... I want to take a video camera in a crew and take it out into the world and just ask, take my podcast to a whole nother level of taking that story of other people and helping them see the vision and bringing the story to life. Asking those questions like how they went through adversity and what it took for them to get to a certain point of, of new greatness in their life and where is that going to go from there? And just bring those stories out into video and audio format or whatever and Take the foundation of fitness and and what people see for themselves out there and not, you know, throwing mediocrity out and seeing what's possible. But I want other people to be inspired by those stories so that they can see those stories and be related or relate to those stories and see that for themselves. Excellent. Well, I think when the year
0: 2020 comes, people are going to
1: be searching online
0: for Greg Barth. They're going to find this podcast and they're going to go like, no way, Tom, you were able to just have lunch with Greg Barth and then you you interviewed him in your car you know wow you know you must be famous if you were able to be hanging out with Greg so I think that's I think that's really cool hey Greg thank you so much for being on the show if somebody listened to this and they need to find out a little bit more about Greg Barth they want to find your website they they want to find out about the fitness coaching that you do how do
1: they find you? well I'm all over the web if you do a Google on Greg Barth you'll find me in numerous spots but the best spot right now is getfitwithgreg.com it has all my links to Twitter I'm on Periscope I'm i and I'm doing everything under the sun, but go to gregbarth.com or actually getfitwithgreg.com and check me out there.
0: Getfitwithgreg.com. So thank you everybody for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun for me to uh, have lunch with Greg and then to have him be so willing just to jump in for an interview because I didn't have a show ready for Tuesday. Boom, we have a show for Tuesday. That's what I like about serendipity. Now, if you're a regular listener of the show, You know how much I appreciate you. If this was your first show, welcome welcome to our little community jump over to the facebook page at cool things entrepreneurs do and say hello let us know that you're there and also if you like the show jump over to itunes and leave a review i gotta tell you i get so happy when i get new reviews from people who have listened to the show and it's the only way this show is going to get found by more people is if the audience says hey this is a good one so thanks for doing that we're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as greg barth but in the meantime go out there and have a great day